We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Come on, side, 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 What's up, y'all? It's me, Ed Lover, looking a little bit yellow, but that's okay, because it's all about the audio with this podcast, to tell you the truth. Welcome to Come On, Son, the podcast part two. Yes, sir. Super producer Krista in the building, oversaw by the one and only Combat Jack. This is my Game Changers part two. I did Game Changers part one. I got a lot of great feedback. I told you y'all can hit me on MrEdLover at gmail.com. And, um... I got some great feedback Um, uh, Tanisha Wilson. Thank you, Tanisha, talking about how much she loves the podcast. And uh, Corey Wilson, who wanted me to include Bone Thugs and Harmony as Game Changers, and I will. And another thing that uh, somebody hit me, I can't remember what the person's name was, but I think it was they hit me on Instagram and was like, um, I should have explored more about KRS-One being a game changer. And you know what? I take that constructive criticism to the heart because KRS One, Scott LaRock, and Boogie Down Productions absolutely changed the game. Definitely, without the shadow of a doubt, changed the game. And one of the ways they changed the game was the way the battle rap was really, you know, put on the forefront with them against the Juice Crew. I mean, let's go back before them, and I'm I'm gonna play a little bit of that in a minute from Super Producer Krista. So um give me the bridges over ready, but don't drop it right now because first I gotta talk about UTFO, Roxanne Shante, and how that changed the game of hip hop. Um when UTFO came out with Roxanne Roxanne, produced by the R and B group Full Force, super producers and, and everything else, they dropped Roxanne Roxanne. From there, a slew of Roxanne records came out. That record was absolutely a game changer in hip hop. Give me a little bit of Roxanne Roxanne by UTFO. I ain't committing suicide for no crap. Calling her a crab is just a figure of speech. Cause she's an apple, a pear, a plum, and a peach. I thought I had it in the palm of my hand. But man, oh man, if I was grand, I'd bang Roxanne. Roxanne Roxanne. Can't you understand? Roxanne Roxanne. I wanna be your man. Yo, Kango, I don't think that you're dense, but you went about the matter with no experience. You should know she doesn't need a guy like you. She needs a guy like me. All right. So this record comes out. And then the next thing you know, Molly Maul is working on some stuff. He already had, um, I'm not sure though, was MC Shan there already or not? But Molly is producing 
and, and producing music in his apartment in Queensbridge, New York. Molly runs against a little young lady, about 15-year-old, uh, Shantae, that was already battle-rapping people in the projects. Already on the microphone, Molly calls her up. They do Roxanne's Revenge, and the rest is history. Give me some of that Shantae, Roxanne. I met this dude with the name of a hat. I didn't even walk away. I didn't give him no rap, but then he got real mad and he got a little tired. If he worked for me, you know he would be fired. His name is Kango and that is cute. He ain't got money and he ain't got the loot. And every time that I see him, he's always a begging. And all the other girls that he's always trying to leg it. Every time that he sees he says I'm fine, but see compared to me, is he yet? Shantae, game changer. Molly Mall absolutely changed the game. UTFO. Change the course of hip hop with Roxanne. Roxanne, really big record for UTFO. Now, let's fast forward. Molly's got the Juice Crew. It's a whole bunch of people in the Juice Crew. They ruling. They Kane and, 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 and uh, uh, you know, everybody. Master Ace, you know, Craig G, MC Shan, uh, Cool G Rap. I mean, like, Roxanne Shante. Like, Bismarcky, everybody's in that juice crew is just killing hip hop at the time. It's bubbling. It's it's it's, it's going crazy, killing hip hop. Right out of the Bronx, New York, comes Boogie Down Production. Scott LaRock, KRS One, y'all know the story. KRS One was in the shelter. Scott LaRock was one of the um, counselors in the shelter. KRS One told Scott, "Hell, I rhyme." Scott was like listening to him DJ and battle people in the shelter. Um, they got together to form Boogie Down Productions. Scott was a DJ. Uh, Chris was the MC. Unfortunately, Scott LaRock died very early on in their career. But they had tried to get with the Juice Crew. And Mr. Magic told them they was whack. Not the first mistake Mr. Magic made. Told them they was whack and they couldn't be down to hurt their feelings, disrespecting them. And Molly had left. A floppy disk. Now, a lot of y'all might not remember what a floppy disk was. Molly left a floppy disk. They took Molly's floppy disk, used his drums, and the bridge is over. Was a monster record for hip-hop because the Juice Crew was really on top. And for these cats to come out of the Bronx and make the bridges over, wow. Super producer Krista. Give me a little bit of the bridges over. Tell them again, tell them again, me come to tell them again. Tell them again, me come to tell them again, tell them again, me come to tell them. Manhattan keeps on making it, Brooklyn keeps on taking it, Bronx keeps creating it, and Queens keeps on faking it. Thank you. KRS One, definitely a game changer. And thank you to whoever hit me on uh, my Instagram and said, Ed, you got to do more on KRS-One because all the KRS-One songs were really, in, in that period when KRS-One was hot, KRS-One could do no wrong. And he once again went and changed the game with a record that was produced by D-Nice that y'all all know for DJing um, all over the place and especially on Instagram and uh, Club Quarantine and all of that that was phenomenal that D-Nice was able to to. Uh, make this thing happen and, and have over a million people on Instagram just grooving with him and watching him DJ. D-Nice produced self-destruction. Super producer Krista, give me a little bit of self-destruction. Back in the 60s, our brothers and sisters were hanged. How could you gangbang? I never 
I ever ran from the Ku Klux Klan And I shouldn't have to run from a black man Cause that's idea came from Mr. KRS-One, who continues to rock stadiums and amphitheaters and clubs and everywhere else that he performs here and overseas. To this day, that man does his thing without the shadow of a doubt. So I want to take my hat off to Mr. Mighty Mighty KRS-One for being a game changer without the shadow of a doubt. And thank y'all for adding that to the equation of KRS-One being a game changer. Once again, after changing the game, we, with LL Cool J, we got to go to Big Daddy Kane, who is absolutely a game changer for, for all the music that Kane made with Molly. I can't even get into the producers right now. We're just talking about strictly the artists. Big Daddy Kane absolutely one of the illest. Um, the Symphony as a posse record, produced once again by Molly Maul. Can we just give you a little bit of Kane's verse on the Symphony? So producer Krista, if you please. I mean, Kane, he went in, man. He went in. And you know how Kane lyrically changed the game to make people step up the way they were rhyming? He also was a sex symbol, man. Kane got those components of hip-hop that every successful rapper on that level has to have. He had the sound. His voice was crazy. His lyrics, incredible. And the women wanted him. So let's continue with this conversation, man. I got a good friend of mine joining me. 25 plus years in the business. Uh, He is absolutely one of my closest friends. My man who has uh, worked with a lot of great people a lot of great companies, and now is the president and CEO of the Dan Tanner Group. Mr. Dan Smalls is in the building. What up, Smalls? <laughs> What's up, brother? What up? <laughs> I'm good, man. I was just uh, talking about the game changers. Let's give, give everybody a little background on how you got started in the game and some of the labels and stuff that you work for, what you're doing right now. What, you want me to get the full, full, full story or the short story version? Give me the short story, brother. Um, damn. Grew up in the Bronx, loved hip-hop, stood in front of a radio station, and some wonderful guy eventually played a record that I <laughs> that uh, me and my friends were working on. That would be and, me, uh, y'all. <laughs> and uh, he played it, and then... Uh, Everybody in the block loved it. And then I wanted to figure out how to get that going all the time. So I wound up getting an internship at um, Island Records with Cecilia Thompson. 
And then from there, I got an internship at Uptown Records. When you were, when you were, when, when you were interning at Island with Sincere, were you working for free? Yeah. They I worked for free the first five years of my life. Oh, wow. No money. So you had to get there and get home on your own. Correct. Okay. So when you, you was at Island with, with our good friend, Sincere Thompson, how did you, when, when you move to Island to where? Uptown? Yeah, so what happened was I was at an island and I was in high school. They had a co-op program where you can go to school one week and 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 and, and intern somewhere. Right. So when I was out of school, island had a problem with me not being in school. So it was like they're not covered by insurance or whatever. So he made a phone call to a Yolanda Douglas who introduced me to Jimmy Jenkins, who gave me the internship at Uptown Records. Okay. And how long were you at Uptown? I was at Uptown for almost four and a half years. Wow. And while you were at intern, uh, interning at Island, let's go back to Island, what kind of duties were they having you do? So I was basically, um, he was showing me the game. So it first started with going to get coffee and all that stuff. Then um, I believe Positive K had, um, I got a man, came uh-huh. out. And he had me put stickers all over New York City. Like, I was putting stickers. I got a man on telephone poles, buildings, <laughs> in front of clubs, whatever, all those type of things first. And then I was upstairs in the office mailing records. At that time, we still had vinyl. So I would, every night, I would pack records and mail them out to radio stations, to mix show guys, to everywhere. Right. Okay. And then over at Uptown, was it pretty much the same thing, or your duties over the time increased? It, it started with the same thing and then eventually increased. What happened was um, Puff decided that he was, Puff was working on Biggie's album. He had just signed Big. To Uptown. And, to Uptown. A lot of people and don't know Big was signed to Uptown. This was on, and his record was Party and Bullshit, and it was on the Who's the Man soundtrack. Absolutely. On the movie I did, came out in 1993. Right. So at that point, um, Puff was doing, had an opportunity to do a, a party, host a party at um, Prince's Club in L.A. Okay, Glam Slam was the name Glam of it. And um, he came to me and he said, if you can get big on the radio, I'll take you to L.A. So I started calling radio DJs. And uh, at that time, Sway and Tech had, had a show on um, in the Bay and also on in L.A. Right, the Wake Up Show. Wake Up Show. And then I met with the Baker Boys, and I sent them the record, I sent them the music, and they was like, right, we'll put them on Saturday night or Friday night or whatever it was. So I ran back to Puff's office like, yo, I can get them on this show, this show, this show. He said, all right, back your back. I'll take you, I'll take you with me to LA. And that was my first trip to LA. Wow. Wow. And, and you're interning now. You're not even a record promoter at this time. No. You just made all of those calls and got it got big. You actually got big an interview on the radio, or they were gonna play party and, and bullshit. An uh, interview and um and they was gonna play it. Wow. Wow. That's historical, bro. So when did you when did you move to a full-time record promoter? 
So Huh? Were you still at Uptown? I was I was still there, but then by time uh they went forward and they then I think after the Who's the Man soundtrack, I think Puff and Andre and Uptown kind of fell out and they had it. That's when Puff kind of left to go do his own thing. Mm-hmm. I think the soundtrack didn't work out well or something, but somehow they he had to take a hit for that for for whatever. It didn't work out. He left and I was still at Uptown. Um, there was a music seminar in DC, you know, in Atlantic City. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, I ran it to Steve Rifkin. Steve was like, I heard you, a good guy do a mix show, whatever, whatever. You know, why don't you give me a call on Monday or Tuesday and um, let's sit down and talk. I didn't think nothing of it. Went back home, came back to, uh, to the meeting, came back and set up a meeting and he was like, yo, I want to hire you to do mix show. I'm like, what do you mean, hire me? <laughs> He's like, yeah, well, you're, you're, you're still an intern. I'm still an intern. All right. He's like, oh, I want to give you a job. Come and do mix show for me. I'm like, all right. I was like, how much you going to pay me? He was like, $35,000. $35,000 a year. I was like, you know, at this point, I graduated from high school, I dropped out of college, and I got a job giving me $35,000 a year to do what I love, what I was doing for free. Right. I was like, I'll take it. Wow. That's crazy. That is crazy. So at Loud, we could go through the history of all the records. You can see the platinum plaques, Wu-Tang and Mob Deep on your wall and all the stuff that you worked over there with Mix Show for, for Loud. And the stuff that you did over at uh, at um, Uptown is incredible. Why didn't you go with uh, Puff when he started Bad Boy? So when I after Steve offered me the job, I went back to Uptown. Uh huh. And I sat with Andre and Jimmy Jenkins, and they were like, "Why would you want to leave us with this flavor to go over there to work that 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 hip hop shit?" Right. You know, a different... Yeah, it was a lifestyle. Yeah, it was a a whole movement. It was a whole thing. And I I did appreciate that, but then I was like, yo, they're going to pay me. Right. If they would have offered me $10,000, I would have stayed. Okay. He was like, but they didn't want to offer me no money. Oh. They They were just like, yo, come stay and, you know, we'll figure it out. And I was like, we'll figure it out. It sounds like some Jimmy <laughs> Jenkins shit, too. We'll figure it we'll out, figure boy. It out. We'll figure it out. Don't worry nah. about it. Yeah. I was like, I was like, nah, this is it. I was like, I got to make a move. So I left and went to work for Steve Rifkin. What's his first record you promoted to mix show? Was At Steve, allowed? Huh? Um, it was the Alcoholics, Damn. Damn by the alcoholics. Damn by the alcoholics. Cellar dwellers. And then uh Mob Deep Shook Ones Part Two. Okay. I am going to test my producer right now. Cause she pulls tracks and plays a little bit of the track. <laughs> to producer Krista, I need to hear a little bit of damn by the alcoholics. Let me see how good 
you all you can find that. Got the beats that'll make you sing. The alcoholics got the freaks that'll make you sing. The alcoholics got the flows that'll make you sing. The alcoholics got the hoes that'll make you sing. The alcoholics got the beats that'll make you sing. The alcoholics got the freaks that'll make you sing. The alcoholics got the flows that'll make you sing. Okay, okay, sister found that. Now I know she knows shook ones by my beat. Okay. So give me a little bit of shook ones by Mob D. Listen now, take these words home and think it through. Or the next rhyme I'm right might be about you, Sunday shook. Cause ain't no such things as halfway crooks. Scared to death and scared to look. They shook. Cause ain't no such things as halfway crooks. Scared to death. Okay. So Dan, you so far, I mean, you're still doing your thing, man. You've had a stellar career promoting a whole lot of records. And, you know, you and I do some work together. So I see your moves in the street. But this, this podcast right here is all about game changes in hip hop. Now, I had did it and I was going through LL Cool J and all that on the first part. Uh, a young man uh, hit me on Instagram because I gave him my email address to everybody if you want to hit me with comments about the podcast. And a young man said that I didn't spend enough time on KRS-One, which I just did before you logged on, talking about how Chris changed the game, how impactful Chris was, how impactful you know, all of the music that Chris has done, even from the bridges over, putting that real battle out there when when really nobody was doing it like that. You know, it was a, I think LL, LL and Modi came after that, right? They had to. LL and Modi came after the bridges over. Yeah, I want to say, Maybe about same, maybe simultaneously. If it did, it was well. Somebody will correct us on that if we wrong. But it was really hadn't happened like that since Shantae and UTFO, and then Chris and Shantae. But Chris really kind of set that battle shit off, like in hip hop. Like that, that if that did change the game, that's just part of it. I always, and I have to say, and I was just talking about D Knight and the incredible things he did and his production on self destruction. Self destruction is absolutely a game changer record. Absolutely. We need another version of that. We need a new version of that right now. Yeah, we certainly do. And that came from the mind of KRS One. Like, we need to do something because we're all getting blamed for all this violence at concerts and they didn't want to book hip hop into big venues anymore because of the fights. And it was blaming the fights on the music. Correct. And that wasn't and that that wasn't always the case, you know. So I had just talked about Big Daddy Kane um, being another game changer in hip hop because Kane. Right before you 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 came on, I was talking about how Kane had the flow. He had everything that a great rapper would want to have. He right. had the flow. He had the lyrics. He was battle tested, and he's a sex symbol. The women just fucking fell out. The Prince okay. of Darkness. <laughs> Prince of Darkness. Yes, long live the king. All right, long live the king. You know what? Um, oh, damn. I want, to, I want Super Producer Crystal to play a king record. What king record do you think we should play? Just a snippet, because we can't play the whole record. Half, ain't no half-stepping. Ain't no half-stepping. All right, Super Producer Crystal, give me a little bit of Ain't No Half-Stepping by Big Daddy Kane, please. Word to the mother, at least not with the principle in this pedigree. So when I roll on your rappers, you better be ready to die because you're petty. You're just a butter knife, I'm a machete. This made my kinsu, wait until when you try to front so I can chop into your body. Just 
because you try to be basing. Friday the 13th, I'm going to play Jason. Okay, so moving on from Kane, Kara's one Kane. I spoke about Rakim in the last podcast. Everybody knows Rakim's a game changer. Who else would you say from that era moving forward is absolutely a game changer in hip hop? From that era? Moving on from, say, we end off at Rakim, saying Rakim's. I done went through Melly Mel. I done went through all of them. I done went through Run DMC. I done went through all of them. That's Public Enemy? Public Enemy. Absolutely. Why would you say that? Because I, I agree. Public Enemy was, um, I would say, he gave, he created a lot of things. And let me, I mean, because if he was so militant, yeah, he put it in the music and he made it cool. It gave, you know, De La an opportunity to be who they are. It gave Tribe an opportunity. It gave X Clan. It gave, NWA. Because he opened up that black power, fight the power. It gave us an opportunity to put now put that in the music. Because a lot of times prior to that, hip hop was just about partying and showboating and all that. He brought that element where that was, he made that cool in his own way, which was a change of that people was allowed to be able to. And that was his second album. That was the second That's album. not even the first album. The first album was Yo Bum Rush the Show. Chuck is doing a lot of bragging. There's a lot of, you know, you got no rap and you want to battle, like having a boat. I still love that record, man. Right. But once they drop that second album, takes a nation of millions to hold us back, that right. album really shifted who Public Enemy was, shifted a lot of our mindsets right. in hip-hop onto a, onto a militant base or for being woke, Right when we think about it, after that was poor righteous teachers. Um, uh, you know, then eventually, like I said, the Jungle Brothers and and X Clan, Clan, and then you know all that whole movement. Right, that movement all came from in the, the African medallions and all of that. All of that's from Public Enemy. Whole time, different group, totally different. Didn't have dancers. Had like military style dudes with them. Professor Griff. Um, but Flav made it easier to swallow. Yep, we had Paris coming out of Oakland area with his militant style that came from Public Enemy. But uh, I think another thing that Public Enemy did, Dan, is as being game changers, is we have to not only take our hat off to, uh, to Chuck Flav, Griff, the S ones, Terminator X, but the production, the Bomb Ooh. Squad, and, Sha- and Shockley, you know? Yeah. Bomb squad? Yes. Yeah. Eric Sadler, Hank Shockley, Keith Shockley, oh, Bill Adler. I mean, the whole um bomb squad, man, they made it. And if you on the on the West Coast coming at the same time was in WA. And Dre will tell you he got a lot of his production style, especially early, from listening to public enemy records. Why do you think Ice Cube, when he left the group, why he why do you think he came straight here? Yeah, came to Public Enemy because that style was similar to the way Dre would chop stuff up and the way they did fuck the police and all of that. Then, 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 then they even sampled some of Public Enemy in that. It was just so different from the regular style of production that was going on that they absolutely turned hip hop 360 degrees on his head 
Because I remember me and my best friend, Kurt, had Rubber Without a Pause on a fucking cassette tape on my box. And we, the big double speaker box, and we had a Max Cell cassette tape. And it was nothing but the rhymes and then the instrumental and then the rhymes and the instrumental. That's 45 minutes on one side. And then when it automatically flipped over, it was the same fucking song again. We was walking around like Radio Raheem, man, before Spike did do the right thing, bro. With that fucking song, because the song and that sound and noise, it was so noisy, but the production was so well put together that Public Enemy is absolutely a game changer on that. Let's Let's move off from the East Coast because you and I are both East Coast dudes. I'm Queens, you the Bronx. So people listening to this are going to say, oh, they just biased to the East Coast. Let's talk about Too Short. Do you consider Too Short a game changer? He ain't the best MC, and we all know that. But he changed the game for Oakland, bro. I think he, I don't know if he, well, he, put, he definitely helped put it on the map. Um, I want to say he was leading in the pimp, but I got to give that credit to Ice-T. Yeah, that's Ice-T all day. Ice-T all day. Ice-T, another game changer with six in the morning, man. That opened the door up for a, a, a lot of gangster rap, one of the earliest gangster rap records. And let's not, let's not forget yeah. Stooley D coming out of Philly because with that PSK, that way of talking wasn't happening on records, man. Before Ice did it with six in the morning, bro. Nah, too short. Right. I, I call too short a game changer for one, his longevity, and the way he put an entire region on the map. There was no, there's no hammer, none of that, all of that. Um, you know, the cats that made 93 to infinity casual. I would E-40, even say, I would even say E40, who's a game changer in his own right. But none of that happens without the success of Too Short selling records out of the trunk of his car, being probably the first dude from that area to get a video in rotation on, on your own TV rides because we was playing Life is Too Short, you know, mm-hmm. and sign the job. It wasn't really no, I mean, Short was admired by Pac coming from, from that Oakland area. He really put that northern region of California on the map, which absolutely makes him a game changer. Now, you, we mentioned Ice-T. Six in the Morning is a pivotal, pivotal record for hip-hop. Word. Pivotal record for hip-hop. Two, Ice-T might also have been the first rapper in a movie. Because he was in the... Um... He was in the movie. He was in one of them breaking type of boogaloo break, break, movies. In, um, break, yeah, break-in. He was probably the first real rapper that. Well, you know, they had their wild style and all that before. Before. It was a rap. Yeah, they had rappers in the in wild style. Who? Fab was in Fab Five Freddy, the Funky Form, one more, and all of them was in wild style. Okay, okay, okay. Right. Yeah, but well, Ice T is absolute. Without without Ice T and Six in the Morning, there absolutely is no gangster rap coming out of that, coming out of California, Southern California, right? Then. Here comes Easy E and NWA. Oh my God, bro! That was oh my God, absolute game changers, bro. Without man, we can't. There isn't even no words that we could say to describe Dr. Dre. But first, Super Producer Krista, give me a little Six in the Morning by Ice T, please. Rolling in a blazer with a Louis interior. 
solid gold, riding raw. Bust the left turn, was on Crenshaw. Shiny shine with the driver, no need to freak's hell. Had a beeper going off like a high school bell. Looked in the mirror, what did we see? Fucking blue lights, LAPD. Pigs are stuck on their day with me. Appreciate that. Now give me a little bit of uh, Straight Outta Compton by N.W.A. Every Compton rapper, including Game, owed a career to N.W.A. From MC8 to Compton's Most Wanted to every fucking body, Nate Dogg, all of them, every motherfucker, Daz, Corrupt, all of them, Snoop, Game Changer in his own right, we didn't even get up to Snoop yet, owed a shit to Eazy-E, Dr. Dre, and N-fucking-W-A. 40%. 100,000%. Now, let's shift because at the same time going on on the West Coast when NWO and Ice-T were the biggest things coming out of Southern California, Too Short was the biggest thing coming out of Oakland. Later on comes Hammer, and we'll talk about that. But let's go to Texas. Ooh. Mr. Mr. Scarface. Mr. Scarface and, 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 and the Ghetto Boys. And shout out to him. He's doing better. He's, he's, he's feeling better today. Yeah, good. Every day, every day, if we talk to Brad, Brad would tell you, I'm feeling better today. So that's, <laughs> that, that's, that's, that's good, man. That's good. And hopefully we get him back to 100%. But how, important, how important are the Ghetto Boys? And, ghetto and boys. particularly Scarface. I worked Ghetto Boys, too. Okay. I worked Ghetto Boys. Um, how receptive were people to the Ghetto Boys? At first. Hold that thought. Super producer Krista, give me a little bit of mind playing tricks on me right now. I'm feeling lonely. My mind is playing tricks on me. This year, Halloween fell on a weekend. Me and Ghetto Boys are trick or treating. Robbing little kids for bags till an old man got behind our ass. So we speed it. All right, thank you. Now go ahead, Dan. How receptive were people to the ghetto boys? Uh, at first, I mean, out west, you know, down south, they was very like what brought in. I mean, people loved them immediately. But East Coast, it was kind of little, a little, you know, little, you know, reserved because you know they New Yorkers were stuck on their own. But eventually, after you know a second, and they realized how be- how dope Scarface was, right? And they were open. Oh, absolutely! And we used to play Ghetto Boys on your own TV raps. And the first time I ever was in Houston was out there doing something with the Ghetto Boys, and they took me to the wards and shit where they were from, and showed me a- what a shotgun house was. I'd never seen a shotgun <laughs> house, and for those people that don't know what a shotgun house is, they call it that because. The front door and the back door are right on the same exact space in the house. And the bedrooms and stuff or wherever, how many other bedrooms it is, and it's not a lot, are off to the sides. And they say if you shot a shotgun through the front door, it will go straight through the house 
and out the back door. So they call right. them shotgun houses. So that's where they grew up, Fifth Ward, and where Willie grew up and all that. And here's a, a thing that people don't realize about the importance of Scarface and the Ghetto Boys. Mind Playing Tricks on Me was probably arguably their biggest record. That record was supposed to be a Scarface solo record. So every verse, that's what I've always tried to figure out why he has more than one verse and Willie only has one verse in Bushwick. Bushwick's verse is his verse. They let Willie add a verse. The verse he had already laid down, Bushwick just repeated the verse. That's, that's that record right there, bro. I think that, I guess they figured it would be better as Ghetto Boys than Mr. Scarface coming out solo. Right. But he eventually did come out solo. He eventually did. And God, what a what a career. You yeah. know, the different people that you talk to on in different parts of of this world and in America, and nobody's right and nobody's wrong. But there's a lot of people that got Scarface in their top five of all time. Oh. There's a lot of people. You know, a lot of people are biased the way you grew up at, what region you're in. You know what I mean? Some people, you know, you can balance, take somebody out, put somebody in. It's an argument that's going to happen for the rest of our lives. But Scarface is definitely, definitely a game changer. 40%. Absolutely. Without the shadow of a doubt. And, and you know what? I am going to go as far as to ask super producer Krista to play. What's the name of the song, Dan? You probably remember better than I do. The one Scarface did with Jay-Z. Ooh. Talk to me, man. The one Kanye produced. Guess who was that? Yeah. Play me a little bit of that one there, uh, Super Producer Krista. Talk to me, man. It's your boy, Young Hope. If you turn the motherfucking noise up, we can get right into the proceedings this evening. The headphones are starting. Bring it down a little bit. Now we working with it. The boy face up and baseline, baby. Mom, welcome to New York City. It's your boy, Young Ho. Kanye West on it. We got it. We got we we got to keep. We got to do that, man. We got we got to give it up. We got to give it up for Scarface, man. The same way we gave it up for Easy E. Same way we gave it up for Dre. We got we got to give it up because these guys. It's not just having a good record. That makes you a game changer. Because there's been a lot of people that had good records. Right? It's shifting the culture. You know, if we if we want to go there and we want to stay in Texas, Mr. Screw, DJ Screw. Absolutely. Absolutely, bro. DJ Screw. DJ Screw. Slowing the music down like that. In America, we value our freedom and our rights. And at a time when a handful of extremists are determined to take us backwards, civil and human rights advocates are defending our progress and building a better future for us all. At the Leadership Conference Education Fund, we are committed to protecting the rights of everyone in America. We believe that an informed public is not only critical to achieve civil and human rights, but also to make sure those rights endure. Visit www.civilrights.org slash edfund to learn more. Paid for by the Leadership Conference Education Fund. Hey, y'all, this is Ed Lover. 
You know what? There is so much going on in the world, whether it's stuff you're excited about, like your birthday or your best friend's birthday or a girl's trip to Miami or even stuff you'd rather not think about, like working overtime at work when you didn't expect to. You know you can't always control the vibes out there, but you can always control the vibes in your head with a pair of Raycon wireless earbuds in your ears. Listen, I love my Raycons. Seriously, man. When I'm on that plane and I need to listen to some great music, my Raycons every day are in my ear. If you're pumping up, winding down, working, working out, Raycons are my go-tos for on-the-go audio. And the new everyday earbuds, they look, they feel, and they sound much better than ever. They have a new and improved rubber oil look and feel. Feels so good in your hands. And optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit. Seriously impressive, even before you start listening. And you get three new sound profiles to make sure everything that you're listening to sounds so much better with just the right amount of bass, right? You get pure mode. For podcast listening, like my podcast, blues, instrumentals, things like that. Balance mode, podcast listening, rock, heavy rock, metal, and bass mode. For us hip-hop lovers, EDM, reggae lovers, etc. There's also a brand new awareness mode. Now, this is the mode I love the best, okay? That awareness mode. I love my awareness mode. You know why? Because when you're in awareness mode and you need to listen to your surroundings instead, you can do that. Raycons offer eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life. There's also a built-in mic so you can take your calls on your earbuds at just the press of a button. Raycons start at half the price of other premium audio brands, but they sound just as good. And Raycons come with a 45-day happiness guarantee. Right now, everybody that's listening to this podcast can get 15% off their Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash edlover. You heard me, 15% off. That's buyraycon.com slash edlover. Buyraycon.com slash edlover to save 15% on Raycons. Buyraycon.com slash edlover. HBCUs are more. More than a band, more than a football team, more than Greek life, more than education. Historically, black colleges and universities are a place to become. A legacy with a heritage of more than 180 years of producing some of the nation's top scholars, politicians, entertainers, and individuals. Xfinity understands and celebrates all of this with a collection of TV shows, movies, documentaries, and music that captures the black college experience. Just say HBCU into your Xfinity voice remote. Learn about the sacrifices the students made during the Civil Rights Movement. Be inspired by biographies on educators who went above and beyond. Kick back to the sounds of the band or the sounds of the yard with an HBCU playlist. Best of all, it's all included with your Xfinity service. From the yard to the end zone, the classroom to the frat house, Xfinity has the HBCU experience covered. Xfinity is the ultimate in black storytelling. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Requires Xfinity TV and on-demand. Separate charges apply to on-demand and certain streaming services. Nobody had ever heard anything that was being done like that. Now, I'm a test suit producer, Krista, again. 
<laughs> you're going to have to go and find me something that DJ Screw did and let me get that right now. I'm a cup-dying super-deuce. Let me three-wheel polo on hot juice. Sitting sideways, boys in the days. On a Sunday night, I may bring me some maids. Baby, old days, oh, they going crazy. Some say I'm lazy. Wanna have my baby. Ain't gonna get me locked down. I can't get locked. Hold my clock. I'ma come down. Hustling rocks on my block. DJ Screw. But we could go so far. I don't wanna I don't wanna leave anybody out because we're around DJ Screw and we could go to, you know, Port Arthur and talk about Bun and Pimp. And they deserve their props too, man. UGK deserves their props. Who would you say was a game changer if you could think of anybody coming out of that Michigan area? Out of Michigan, out of would you say? Would you say really like one of the first ones to really break through was was uh, God rest his soul from Flint, Michigan? Um, ain't no future in your front, MC Breed. Ooh, MC Breed. Um, we heard of Breed way before Eminem, bro. And Eminem is without a doubt a game changer. Eminem is definitely a game changer. Right, but we're not even up to Eminem yet. Would you say MC Breed really kind of put, because was there anybody coming out of Detroit? And I know there was artists in Detroit. Yeah, what's that, Do or Die? That's Chicago. That's Chicago? That's Chicago. EA Ski? He put out a lot of albums. EA Ski put out a lot of albums, but really from Michigan, I would say they were bubbling because that's around the time Eminem was going, you know, to the cafe or whatever, and they was doing all them battles. But I would have to honestly say the first cat that really captured the country's as a whole's attention was Bree. Yeah, I, I see that. Because I see that. Can, you, can you tell me anybody else from Detroit that was that was bubbling at the time? And Mr. Ed Lover at Gmail, I know Detroit is going to hit me up and be like, hey, you tripping. And if I forgot somebody, I will correct it on my next podcast. Um, you know, we can shout out my man Trick Trick. Trick Trick, but Bree was before Trick Trick. Yeah, Bree was definitely before Trick Trick. But you know how I heard Bree and, and to, to, to Chris get Ain't No Future in Your Front and Ready. You know how I heard Breed? Chuck D came to Yom TV Raps and had this shit on cassette and handed it to me and said, Ed, this dude right here, this record is fire while we out on the road. And it was Ain't No Future in Your Front. And he's from Flint, Michigan. Shout out to Flint where I got a lot of family where two of my aunts went and had massive kids and cousins and Great nieces and all kind of shit up in Flint. We had family reunions in Flint. Breed was probably really the first one out of out of that Michigan area. Breed, remember Breed went on to have records with everybody. He had records with Scarface. He had records with Tupac. Breed, Breed had he made his mark. Nah, he made his mark. Yeah, gang of records. Yeah, and he opened that door for Michigan. If you ask me. Especially on a national level. I'm not talking about what was going on recently. We can't because 
if we talked about what's going on recently, we could name a, a, a zillion people. Right. From everywhere. But everybody, just because you had a good record, don't make you a game changer. Like, back in those days, the fucking dude, Rico Suave, had a hit record. You remember that record? Rico right. Suave. And he went on to work for fucking, he, I think he might still work for um, Jimmy Iovine and them over there. As a, a A&R producer something? Yeah, something, yeah, he's in, he's been there for a long time, but he had hit record, but they ain't changed the game. You know what I mean? Rico Suave. And when <laughs> we were talking about Public Enemy, what would you say, where do you say brand new beings fall in? Native tongue. They, I mean, they come from that whole, although Puba was way before the Native tongue, Puba was, yeah. Puba was before the Native Tongue, but I would still put Brand New Beer. Classic album, but did it shift? No. It didn't. They deserve props for being dope. Yeah. But it didn't shift anything. No. Okay. All right, so we talked Public Enemy. We talked NWA, Easy e We talked Too Short, Ice-T. MC Breed coming up. Is that next movement than that Native Tongues movement? I would, I, yeah, I would say that. When you say that, we got to give say, honorable mention to Moni. Moni Love. Latifah. Latifah. Moni is very important because Moni is a game changer, in my opinion, because of her internationality. Okay. She, she's really the first person to come from England to get embraced like that by our culture and just really be good at what she was doing too. And as a and as a female, you know what I mean. We talked so I talked salt and pepper definitely game changes. Herbie Azor, incredible, incredible. Herbie Azor was RZA before the RZA. Okay, I can see that because Herbie had although he wasn't an artist or. Oh, and he was a producer and a writer because all the Salt and Pepper's early shit was written and produced by Herbie. And Herbie yeah. had all these groups and he had everybody signed all over the fucking place. And that really absolutely changed the game. He didn't have no one deal where everybody had to be on this one label. He had deals for everybody. He had Kid and Play in one place. He had Kwame in another place. He had Dana Dane on another place. He had Salt and Pepper on another deal. He had, you know, he had everybody that was underneath that umbrella. Sweet Tea signed all signed all over the place. So we went to the mid, we went to the Midwest. Let's touch on Chicago. What do you think about Chicago? Who would you who come to your mind first coming out of Chicago? And I'm gonna tell you who comes to my mind first. I mean, the most obvious is our obviously Kanye. I talked about Kanye very when I first started the podcast, part one, I talked about how much of a game changer Kanye is. Kanye is the biggest game changer to come out of Chicago, but he's not the first one. Biggest, 100%. If it wasn't for this young man getting embraced by hip-hop from his first record, Common Sense, 
who's gone on to become Common. Common put Chicago on the map. Yep. Yep. I mean, he goes on to work with Kanye and all of that other shit later on, but it was Common, man. Shout out to Common. I work with Common at NTA too. See that? <laughs> Common was Common was he was, he was a man. Yeah, because I remember Moni telling me stories about how Common used to be with the native tongues running around and doing a whole lot of shit. Common is probably like it's, but I also think grandfather hip hop in, in Chicago. He, he also kind of needed them for a second too. He took on he, he took that beef head on, and he, since he was coming out of Chicago by himself, he had to he needed to align himself with somebody. Well, he took that beef head on with with with, with Ice Cube. Ice Cube, and yeah, yeah. All off of Common's record, I used to love her. I used to love her. Super producer Chris, give me a little bit of comment. I used to love her. She did it like a dummy. Now I see her in commercials. She's universal. She used to only swing it with the inner city circle. Now she be in the birds looking rocking, dressing different. And on some dumb shit when she comes to the city. Talking about popping rocks, serving rocks and hitting switches. Now she's a gangster rolling with gangster bitches. Always smoking blunts and getting drunk. Telling me sad stories. Now she only fucks with the funk. Stressing out. That's a great fucking song right there, bro. The way he traveled through hip hop. What do you think, uh... Cuban got offended when he said she went to the she went to the West Coast to start gang banging and all that. I think it was it was some some small like that. Yeah, but he still loved her though. And he and he wasn't even really talking about them, but just no, he wasn't being disrespectful to them. Right at that time, it was so simple things that people took personal and 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 just whatever. But yes, and 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 quite honestly. When he dropped, I see the bitch in you. He spanked you ass, bro. <laughs> he definitely hit him up a little bit. He spanked you ass. He definitely bro. touched Cube up. Now Cube won the battle against NWA, right? Uh, yeah. Cube clearly, no Vaseline is a classic, bro. Right. But when he went against that boy Common Sense out of motherfucking Chicago, bro. <laughs> when Cobb dropped, I see the bitch in you. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> that ass, bro. He did. He didn't see that. Cube didn't see that one coming. No, absolutely not. I think he underestimated the boy. And that's another reason why Common is definitely a game changer, man. For you put when you put your whole entire city on your back, bro. Yeah. You put your city on the map. I mean, what can you say? Right. There ain't no Kanye, there ain't no Ron Fest, ain't none of them. Ain't none of them dudes do or die. Ain't none of them, bro, coming if Common ain't successful coming out of Chicago. You got to trade. You got to even talk about Chief Keith, Lil Dirk. Uh, what's what's my man named? God rest his soul. That that passed away from O Block. Oh man, King Von. All of them cats, man. That wave got rolled because they were different rap, and they probably will disagree with me. But Common opened the door for Chicago, bro, for us to even look in there and say, what else is in Chicago, right? Who, who else came out of uh Was Jay Diller from Chicago? Yeah. Is he? 
I think so. Either Detroit or Chicago, one of them two. One, one of the two. I don't know. If but he's a game changer as his production. Like, come on, y'all. You can't. You can't talk about that. But if we're sticking to rappers right now, because we can go into production, and we go production now, we got to go Teddy Riley and all. You know what I'm saying? We'll be here all night. We'll be here all night. But we're talking about actual rap artists right now. Right? And Calm, Calm is one of them, man. Definitely. And still relevant. It's fun. It's still relevant. And the chicks love that motherfucker. Oh, Chick could knock her down and get the comment, bro. But we gotta, we gotta make sure we, you know, hit the south too, though. But let's go to the south then. Let's yeah. go to the south. I'm gonna take you way back before we even get to some of these dudes. The original game changer from the south in the Florida, Florida is the south. It's Luke, oh, man. Oh, he is not just one of them. He is probably the top. He's definitely the top five of all time rap change. Because yes. If there's no loop, there's no parental, you know, him, him going to Congress to fight for having the right to say what we want or, you know, taking that hit. Uh, if it wasn't for him, I don't know where we are with rap music with that. That's right. That's right. He's the Barry Gordy of hip hop. When I met Luke, when I met Luke, the difference between no, I don't even want to say the difference because I don't know that to be true. But I will say he's the Barry Gordy of hip hop. When I met Luke and Luke first brought us in the late 80s, early 90s to do your own TV raps from Miami, Luke had his own studio. Luke had his own warehouse. Luke had his own trucks. Luke had his own printing plant. I had never, I had never seen that. Ice-T, N.W.A., all of them. You know, Easy E, Ruthless Priority, right? Um, even Death Row, you know, with, with Jimmy Iovine and them, and, and whoever else had a label, somebody else had to print their records. There was no middleman between Luke's record sales and his money because he shipped and drove his own records to the fucking stores, especially in that entire southern region. And I work with Luke too. <laughs> Still relevant as fuck. Still right relevant. now. Still yeah. relevant. Luke say he performing somewhere, people going because they know it's gonna be some kind of crazy shit happening. Smart as a motherfucker, man. Yeah. To Luke. start as a DJ, to totally everybody that you love from Florida, including Rick Ross. Including Trina, including Trina, 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 Daddy, Daddy, everybody, JT Money, all of them owe their careers to Luke, man. First Khaled. guy Hall of Famer, game changer. Khaled, Khaled too. Oh, absolutely. If he got him because he got he got Khaled to DJ on EDR when he had his show. That's right. And if you look at Luke's freak shows, they used to be on VHS. You can see one. That I'm on there and Khaled's there and Khaled is selling bootleg flip phone, chip flip phones. So he's been around Luke for a long time. All of these dudes, man, every, every, every last one of them rich ass motherfuckers, Ross, all of them, they need to just all pool together a couple million dollars and just hand it to that man. 
<laughs> but that's but that's how important Luke is, man. That's Luke is extremely important to hip hop. The correlation between Luke and New York is Soul Sonic Force, Dre and them dropping original concept, dropping Pump That Bass. That's the sound for Miami bass. And Luke took that shit and did something different with it. It changed, changed it. Changed it in, in, in Florida. Super producer Krista. What's, what Luke song you want to play, boy? Two Live Crew. Got to be Two Live Crew. I mean, you got to go with Pop That. Pop That Pussy? Yeah, you got to go with that. Oh, you pop That Pussy, hey, Pop That Pussy, baby. Let's go, Super Producer Krista. Give me some of that. Freaky bitches with plenty of ass. Rolling to the music and shaking real fast. Bend over backwards, make me shout. And work that pussy in and out. Moving your body. I remember we used to play Move Something on your own TV raps like, man, shit. We play the shit out of moves up. Luke had the girls. You ain't even never seen that. Luke was responsible. Yo, it would have never been a BET uncut if it wasn't for Luke. I don't think the strip clubs would have ever changed over because they would have still been the regular gentleman club that yeah, yeah. he might even change what strip clubs look like. Yeah. I don't yeah, know about 100%, but I can only imagine what strip clubs were before there was a Luke. Right. And Luke was. was Massive game changer in hip hop. So even these strippers need to owe, they owe Uncle Luke. <laughs> Fans only too. <laughs> That's right. Shout out to Uncle Luke. I'm a him, right. Miami too. Yeah. <laughs> Luke put Miami on his back. Miami wasn't even hot before Luke. Yep. I mean, to the cocaine cowboys and shit, they was getting money. But as far as hip hop is concerned, it's all Luke, brother. It's all Luke. What a, what a fucking game changer this guy is, man. What a game changer, bro. Luke just... Now, let's move up to Atlanta. Before we even get to Atlanta... Okay. Let's go, let's go back to the NO. New Orleans? Okay. No limit. Absolutely, but Master, we got we to go to Atlanta before that. Not because that, you know, that we went to Texas. We, we, we skipped over NO. Let's just go... Get the NO out the way and then go ahead. Okay, and- let's get Master P out the way. For yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, we can stay. There's so many game changes that came out of New York, man. We could we'll be talking about this shit forever. Like, so we gotta get out of New York. Let's talk about the way No Limit changed the game. Master P is a brilliant fucking businessman, yo. Absolutely. It ain't no two ways about it. They came through. He did his own thing. He kind of followed shorts. Uh, blueprint, but took it to the next level. Short was selling records out of his truck too, out of the trunk of the car and on buses and tapes. And Master P was up there in that area doing the same thing before he came back down to New Orleans and started doing his own thing. You want to talk about a cat that bet on himself, man? He wasn't that great of a rapper. Wasn't that great of a rapper. Didn't he he leave? Didn't he he play in the NBA, he got drafted somewhere or something for a second. Yeah, and for, for a second. Yeah. But, and he left Charlotte, Charlotte Hornets. Did he, did, was that before or after? That was after. He tried out for the Charlotte Hornets and made the team briefly, then he got cut. Um, yeah, but Master P, bro, shit. Shit. Infiltrated New York, make him say, uh, 
remix. I worked that too. Huh? I worked that too. See? <laughs> That's why you brought up Master P here. It is without the we even got to go into detail that that, that Master P is a, is a fucking game changer, bro. Yeah, we ain't got to go into detail. We all know Puff is a game changer. We ain't got because if you think about it, there's no Master P, there's no there's, there's no um there's no limit, there's no cash money. Yeah, absolutely. So let me get a little make them say ah nah 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 nah. Who would have thought that somebody would take an old ass record like Master Don in the Deaf Committee? Take that fucking hook and make that shit something <laughs> of Master P did with no limit. And you're right. There's no cash money. And even though cash money is game changers, they, you know, they gave us so much great shit out right. of cash money. But cash money came because Master P. Right. Open them doors for doors. Open them doors and said, look what I did. Y'all could do the same shit. Right up Open the door. Yeah. So out of that, out of those two crews. The biggest game changer out of those crews is absolutely Master P. And no limit. Coming out of, out of New Orleans. Later on, Cash Money came, did their thing, and out of that crew, I would say the biggest game changer is Little Wayne. Because Little Wayne is the oh. father to all this shit we're looking at today. Right. But then even you gotta think about Cash Money birth um Young Money, which signed Drake and Nikki. That's why that's why I'm saying. Coming from Cash Money, Wayne took the shit somewhere else. Correct. You know what I mean? Baby's answer to that was trying to bring in Young Thug. It's you know, and uh, what's what's the kid name he had with him too? Who? They're supposed to be rich, rich something rich. Rich, rich homie Quan. Yeah. Rich homie Quan. Rich homie Quan. But before that, Wayne. And I'm going to tell you the truth. I thought it was all about Juvenile. That 400 Degrees album was fucking fire, bro. And what was this? Um, what was the single? Back That Ass Up? No, before that. No, the Juvenile single. Huh? What was it? Huh? That's the name of it? You the one that Big Body Ben's at. Yeah, yeah huh? Super Ducey, that song was fire. Super Ducey, Chris, to give me a little bit of hot, please. You come up with the niggas, huh? You stuck with the niggas, huh? You a paper chaser, you got your block on fire, you remain in the cheese. Until the moment you expire, you know what it is. You make nothing out of something, you handle your business. And don't be crying in the seventh, you a paper chaser. You got your block on fire, you remain in the cheese. Until the moment you expire, you know what it is. You make nothing out of something, you handle your business. The beginning of that shit, the don 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 You know when Jay Z jumped on it, just took it to a yes, yes. You the one that big body bends, huh? You the one that can't keep old lady because you keep fucking her friends, huh? You keep your body clean, huh? You got a lot of Jabot jeans, huh? Some of your friends are fees, huh? You a paper chaser, got the block on fire, remain in the G until the moment you spot. Man, that record was fucking fire, fire. Fire. That's why if I'd have been a bet man in them days, I would have been like, Juvenile is going to be the breakout star <laughs> of this group. Then they followed that, that back that ass up. 
Back, super producer Krista, give me someone back that ass up. can't deny those records and then that little motherfucker man that little 15 year old boy Wayne is the only probably like one of the only guys who's relevant as hell today that started as early as LL Cool J they were both about 15 Wayne 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 is a monster man Wayne is a fucking monster Favorite Lil Wayne song, bro. Man, there's too many. That whole uh, Mr. Carter album. Yes, sir. And listen, Carter, that Carter, what was that the Carter Four? Wayne, I, like go DJ. That's my DJ, but so Wayne got records. Um, give me a little bit of Super Producer Chris. Give me a little bit of Lollipop. Yeah. Shout to say the nigga that she with ain't shit. Shout to say the nigga that she with ain't this. Shout to say the nigga that she with can't hit. But shout it, I'ma hit it, hit it like I can't miss. And he can't do this, and he don't do that. Shout it, need a refund, need to bring that nigga back. Just... Yeah. Mrs. Officer was crazy. Mr. Officer? Um, The one he did with Babyface was crazy. He got so many, though. Yeah, everybody. Carter with Jay Z. Yeah, yeah. He had a lot of records, man. Wayne, Wayne, Wayne is a is a problem in the verses. His mixtape shit is known by a lot. Nobody going against him in verses. Wayne's a problem in the verses, man. Wayne definitely cash money, definitely game changer. Can we go now? Can we go to the ATL, man? Now we hit the A. Can we hit to the ATL, man? We can, we, can we talk about the two dope boys in the Cadillac, man? Can we talk wow. about Southern playlist, the Cadillac music, man? Southern playlist. Would you which say I, that? Would you which say that? Huh? Which I also work. <laughs> there you go, Dan. Would you say absolutely they put Atlanta on the map? Outcast? 100%. Biggest thing to come out of eight. Let's not let's not not give love to other artists that was coming out of A at the time. Let's not give love. We gotta give some little love to Shadi. Shake it, shake, shake it. He was living in Atlanta, but he was from New York, but he didn't really change the game. Okay. Outcast put Atlanta on the map. There's no outcast, there's no looter. No, Luda was still doing internship at the radio station. Right. And he was on the air. He was Chris Lover Lover. Him and Poon Daddy. It's outcast, man. Outcast. Absolutely outcast. What's the name of the joint they got that is is it got the uh, damn, damn, damn James and everybody know the horn. Super producer Chris to find that. Play that shit. 
But in actuality, it's only about 3 a.m. And three niggas just done got hauled off in ambulance. Two niggas done start busting. One nigga done took his shirt off, talking about. Now who else wanna fuck with Hollywood Cole? This just my interpretation of the situation. Okay, shit, I was watching some, um, I mean, shit, if, the, if there's no Outcast, there's no uh, Killer Mike, there's no... For sure. Bob, For sure. No For uh, sure. No T.I. No, that Dungeon family, whoo. Rico, he's another producer that's quiet as kept. Yeah, brother, that whole Sleepy Brown, all of them, Ray, all them that. dudes, man. Yeah. You want to talk about different live instrumentation? All of that, bro. But, you know, earlier, because we got to go back to 88, 89, you mentioned we gonna get, we gave Outcast a prize, and, and the whole Dungeon family, all of them, they deserve it. They game changed. You mentioned De La Soul. Prince Paul's another one who don't get his props as a producer. With yep. De La Soul, a game changes, bro. Oh, yeah. They, they, they allow people to be they were 100% yourself. Yeah, that's a better way to put it. I, I, know, how to, I know how to quite put it. 100% yourself. Because they didn't come out with no gold chains on, no gold ropes on, no medallions. There is absolutely, the Jungle Brothers came a little bit before them. But the Jungle Brothers didn't change shit like Daylight did. Daylight was different than the Jungle Brothers. You know, you can yeah. see Sammy B and 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 all of them. You can still see them early with chains on and shit like that. And Tim's De La Soul was wearing ugly shirts. Yeah, flowers. Oh, flowers, shit, lions. And then they, hey, bro, they dropped one of the biggest change of records of all time, and that was Me, Myself, and I. So, Super Producer Krista, give me a little Me, Myself, and I by De La Soul. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Tell me, mirror, what is wrong? Can it be? My daylight clothes, or is it just my daylight soul? What I do ain't make believe. People say I sit and try, but when it comes to being daylight, it's just me, myself, and I. I. It's just me, myself, and I. It's just me. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge you on this, Dan. I'm gonna say Daylight Soul changed the fucking game tribe may have become bigger than them in the long run but it's no daylight there's no try correct because you remember pasta news says and i look at q-tip and he said black is black even on the rollers of skating jam called saturday q-tip is on that record and russell simmons is on the beginning of it so super producer chris give me a little bit of rollers of skating jam called saturday Daylight Soul definitely set their native tongue in, in full effect, which birthed all of that. 
Yeah. Because if there's no Dela and Native Tongue, there's no room for Tribe, there's no room for Latifa and 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 um flavor unit to come out of, which gives us notary by nature, which right. eventually gives us, you know, um KG and gets all those groups he produced, right? Met, everything like he they set that they set that whole shit in swing motion and everybody ate off it and moved off it. But it's all because of Daylight. And I and I and I think their success catapulted the whole Native tongues, Moni, Latifa. Yep. Would you say Latifa's a game changer? Yes. Super producer Krista, give me a little bit of uh, Ladies First by Queen Latifa. Ladies First? The ladies will kick it, the rhyme, it is wicked. Those that don't know how to be pros get evicted. A woman could bear you, break you, take you. Now it's time to rhyme. Can you relate to a sister dope enough to make you holler and scream? Hey, yo, let me take it from here, queen. Excuse me, but I think I'm about to to get into precisely what I am about to do. I'm conversating to the folks who have no whatsoever clue. So listen very carefully as I break it down for you. Merrily, 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 merrily. High to happy overjoyed. Please, will all the beats and rhymes my sisters have employed. Look at who's going. Shifting record right there, bro. Ladies first. Yeah, but I, no disrespect to what Salt and Pepper, who I love, obviously. Or Light. Or Light. Or, I talked uh, about them all in the first episode. But which, what, what, what Queen Latifah came with being, you know, so proud and so, and, 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 and talking about her royalty as a black woman. Right. And, and able to rap about it when most of the time rap music was, the, you know. You had to be sexy. Way. You had to be sexy to a certain degree. Yeah. She, yeah, she's definitely a game changer. Yeah, definitely. That's why we had to play a little bit of that uh, Ladies First by Queen Latifah because definitely. Latifah is absolutely a motherfucking game changer without the shadow of a doubt. But the point I was trying to make about Tribe and uh, Daylight is I think Tribe's success is the fact that Tribe spoke in a language that we can all understand and Daylight was a little complicated with their rhymes. With their rhyme patterns was a little complicated. They were just ahead of themselves. Yeah, oh yeah. Always have been though. They were just ahead of themselves. Yeah. You know, with, with the with the kind of rhymes they was doing, even on potholes in my lawn, you know, it's like my rhyme, see, that I concentrated so hard on. See, I don't ask for maximum security, but my swelling, my swelling is dealing when I, you know, and people was like, What are these talking about with potholes <laughs> in my lawn? We all know that he's talking about MCs biting his shit. You know, they're digging the potholes in my lawn, but they nobody really knew that. But then when Tribe came, it was like back in the days on the Boulevard of Linden, where you see everybody can understand that more so than they can understand what Daylight. But Daylight definitely father Tribe. And 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 for them, Native Tongue was rap music that wasn't violent. It wasn't about drugs and it wasn't about boasting or, you know, whatever. It, it wasn't was about gangsterism at all. It was just uh, some cool out. Like, it was just good vibe, feel good music that you could play in the car with your mom or your dad who didn't like hip hop and right. they wasn't mad at you. They was going to like, turn that off, you know, and they were speaking clear so you understood what they were talking about. Yeah, absolutely. 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 Can I get a little bit of uh, uh, Benita Applebaum Super Producer Chris Kabai Tribe Call Quest? Just hey, did, a little. Did, did Q-Tip ever find his wallet? 
in El Segundo? <laughs> hey, I think he did find it. I'm not sure about that. I think he did. And you said something important, man, like how these branches all kind of fall off that, that tree of Jungle Brothers, De La Soul, Native Tongues, Queen Latifah, Naughty, KG, Next, uh, Jeanne, all of that's coming, you know, from that association um, musically, which is very, which is very, very important. And a lot of people don't, aren't able to trace that, that kind of stuff like that, you know? So the, the Queen Latifah is definitely a game changer. So is De La, so is Tribe. You know, they really, they shifted it. And even so, more so, Tribe was Outcast's favorite group. See that Andre 2000? See that? Yeah, he absolutely says it. I can't remember the record he said, but he was talking about it was one of I think it Tribe was on that was the Love whatever connection album. No, when they had Faith Evans singing on that, and then uh, Outkast did a record, and 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 uh, Andre was talking about because my favorite group ain't coming with it. He was talking about uh, Tribe. He always said in interviews that Tribe was his favorite. Group and that him and Big Boy kind of pattern themselves after Tribe a little bit, you know, which is shit coming from a great town of like three thousand man. That that's that's fucking pretty, pretty amazing shit, bro. So many game changes in hip hop on so many levels, man. So many, so many. It's, it's just you 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 start talking about one and then you forget and you go back. Oh my god, I forgot to talk about the importance of this person or the importance of that person. But uh, it's not a, a lot of people that have actually shifted it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you can honestly say that bad boy ever shifted the shit out of shit. That's 200%. Right? So now we move, we moving on past Tribe and we kind of getting into the, to the next shit. How important is Mr. Nasir Aludaru Jones? Going Illmatic, do you really believe that we would have got a Jay Z sounding like a Jay Z or Biggie flow sounding like Biggie or Mob Deep? Because you worked Mob Deep, and yes, I know that too. And on that first album, Juvenile Hell, Mob Deep was doing one thing, but once that Illmatic hit, bro, it made a lot of people sharpen their swords, bro. I think. That collection of that album. Right. You know, when you have a Prince Paul, uh, uh, Paul from Main Source, uh, Lord Lord Professor. Lord Pete. uh, You know, Pete Rock. Right. A Marlon Marlon influence. Like, what they put together on Illmatic. L.E.S. L.E.S. Q-Tip. Q-Tip. Primo. Right, that album. Premier. That album, to me, that album was like paid in full. Absolutely. To hear young brother like my that look like me, that sound like me, that walk like me, talking some 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 that everybody can relate to. Right. From what he saw. That's why I say knowledge is absolutely game changing because I always tell people if we're talking about 
grandfathers or, and, and, or fathers and kids, I always say that Rakim is the father of, of that style, that Nas kind of adopted that cool-ass Rakim laid-back style. And then, yeah. you know, and then, you know, Biggie was aggressive at first, and then Puff straightened him out and slowed his flow down. Jay-Z was fast rapping first, and then they slowed Jay's flow down. But all of that came after, it actually came after Illmatic, bro. All that came after Illmatic. Illmatic is a classic. And those dudes are game changers, you know, themselves also. Ain't no doubt about that. You know, but Illmatic is definitely a game changer. And here's somebody else that we forgot. Because I told you, you start talking and sometimes you forget people. Everything that's come up from that upper region of hip hop owes a hat, tip a hat to the one and only Heavy D. Who? Heavy D. Oh, and Dilly Dilly D? Yes. Heavy D. Yes. Game changer. And I don't know how I floated past one of my best friends in the industry ever, Mr. Dan, that that promoted that record also. Heavy D is an absolute game changer. And I'm going to tell you why. Heavy D is a game changer. Heavy D made it cool to be a big dude in hip hop. Absolutely. Heavy D put money earning Mount Vernon on the map, which opened the door for Yonkers to do what they do, which opened the door for Buffalo and everybody to do what they do, to look and say, we could do hip hop. Like the effect that Heavy D had on hip hop, right? Affected young Miss Mary J. Blige, affected DMX and the Yonkers cats to know that, hey, we could be from up here. Jada Kids, Styles P, all of them, that we could be from this region, not from New York City. I don't know if there's... I'm almost willing to say if there's no heavy D, there might be no puff. I would say you're right. I would almost... Because puff, you know, although he screamed Harlem, he was up in Mount Vernon, and, you know, he was dancing for heavy D. Sure was. He was was dancing for him. Soaking up the game and learning the ropes. Yep, and that's how you know that uptown flavor, uptown energy burst. Hev was at Uptown, and Puff knew Hev. That's how Puff got the internship at Uptown yep. in the first place. Yep. But but Hev's magic or changing the game was he gave that whole upper region hope, and he opened the doors for all of them to say. We can do this shit too. Because if you remember, one time, if you wasn't from New York City, Mount Vernon didn't matter to us. We you from the Bronx, dog. After the Bronx, it was it, that was it. Right. Right? Mount Vernon, Yonkers, that shit didn't mean nothing until Heavy D. We stopped at 238 for Act 3. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. <laughs> Bro, you the train, the regular train didn't go up there. You had to take Metro <laughs> North. It's not 241st Street. So That's people stopped the Gunner Road to go to the T-Connection and then Act 3. Well, first, really, it was Skakey, T-Connection, Act 3. Super Deucer Krista, a <laughs> little bit of Mr. Big Stuff, please. I'm so lovable. I got the hat to keep the fly girl shoving. 260 pounds of good loving. They all want me and they have me. Give me your ring, Heavy D. You missed the big stuff.
Rest in peace to Hef D, man. Made it cool to be a big dude. Big dudes before Heavy D were comical. Yep. They were comical. We laughed at the, we laughed at the fat boys. Ooh. All you can eat in jail without the bell. They were nice. Huh? They were kind of nice though. Yeah, but they they were they were laughed at. They were more of a novelty, chubby checker shit. I ain't taking nothing away from him. I love him, man. Rest in peace, Prince Marky D. Shout out Cool Rock Ski and all that. But have made it sexy. Cool. cool and sexy. And sexy to be a big dude. And who did, did have come out before Chris? KRS one? No, same time. Around the same time. Around the same time. Because I want to say Chris came in what, 86? Yeah. 96. Half came Five. first. Half came like 85. Half came first. Okay. Half introduced that Jamaican shit to us. Yeah, and then after that, you had the Don Baron. After that, that's Pooba. That's half. There's no brand new beans. There's none of that. Masters of ceremony. There's no I, find, I need to find that record. Hev, man. We gotta take our hats off the Hev, bro. Damn, Dan, I think I'm I think I'm gonna do another one of these, man. Oh yeah, we got because this is, I mean this I'm, this has been an is hour. This, is this so the never ending the story? This, this the, right? Is this the never ending story? Oh yeah. Of game changes, we ain't touched Drake. We really glazed around Wayne. You know, and it's Wednesday. We ain't touched Wu Wednesday. We ain't touched Wu Tang. Not the way we. Not the way I was supposed to touch Wu Tang. Yeah, that's a whole up. That 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 in itself is a. Yeah, that's a story. Yeah. So, Dan, thank you, brother, for hopping on with me. We will be doing another one, Game Changes Part Three, where we will take it from Wu Tang. And start moving forward again. God, shit. Right. I appreciate yeah. it, man. And and once again, for everybody out there that's listening, um, if you have something that you want to say, just hit me up at MrEdLover at gmail.com. And I, I'll listen, man. I'll listen because I know there's going to be stuff that I forget. I can't, I can't remember all the shit. I can't. I can't. Right. Thank you, Brother Smalls. Yep, yep. And My man. But, uh, Dan Tanner, find me at uh, Dan Smalls Instagram. Okay, Dan Tanner Smalls Instagram. Follow my brother, y'all. Love you, Dan. All right, brother. My man, my man. Come on, son. The podcast, and we are out. Come on, son, son. This Ed Lover podcast is being done in conjunction with Cigars International. Make sure you check out cigarsinternational.com for all your cigar needs. This episode of Come On, Son, the podcast is produced, engineered, and edited by Cam Quotes and Krista Hayes. Recorded out of Atlanta, Georgia, this is an official Loudspeakers Network podcast brought to you by Ed Lover. Be sure to check out the return of Come On, Son, the web series exclusively on Patreon. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.